Several years back, Denise and I, and at that time we only had one daughter, and she was little, probably about two years, two and a half years old. We came in one evening, and as we typically did, I walked in the house, and Denise had her, was holding the hand of our little daughter, and she's toddling along walking. And as I walked in the house, as I normally did after we'd be gone, and it's at nighttime, I flipped on the lights, and I turned on the lights in my daughter's bedroom. And as I stepped in, I could hear the sound of broken glass underneath my feet in the carpet. I then noticed the curtain in the bedroom was disturbed. Instantly, I knew that an intruder had been in the house. I hollered to Denise. I said, Denise, you and the baby go outside immediately. Somebody's in the house. It's not safe. She immediately turned around and went outside. I, I began to walk through the house. The intruder was no longer there. But each room I went into, it was turned upside down. Drawers were open, strewn. The, the house had been burglarized. Now, Denise and I, at that particular time, we didn't, we didn't own a lot. We were, we, we, we were kind of on the, the beginning end of marriage here. But the little we had and saved and accumulated all those special things were gone. Some were some family heirlooms and jewelry that was very precious to us. It was, it was all gone. It seemed like just our valuables were taken instantly. You know, there's something about somebody stealing something that belongs to you. Yeah. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse number 10, he said, Satan is a thief and a robber. And he wants to steal your reputation. He wants to steal your kids. He wants to steal your family. He wants to steal your business. He wants to take away what God is giving you. The scripture said he is a, a thief and a robber. Today it was reported in America among Bible-believing Christ followers 37% of American Bible-believing Christ followers do not believe there is a devil. They believe in God. But 37% believe there's no such thing as Satan or a devil. I want you to know that there is a, there is a spiritual person and a spiritual force that's working against you seeking to plunder your life, seeking to destroy your life, your family, to, to, to drag you down. And his name is Satan. He's seeking to destroy everything God is doing in your life. Today, I want to speak on the subject, Satan's plan for your life. All of us need to understand there is a will of God for our life, God has a plan for your life, but so does Satan. He has a plan for your life. And his plan is to steal and to destroy and bring profound resistance. Some people say, I don't believe in the devil. There is a level of evil in society that cannot be explained by just profiteering and, and cannot be explained by, by just uh, a, a, a bad personality or dysfunction or poor raising. When you begin to think about sex trafficking and genocide, 
That is a level of evil that's been belched from the bowels of hell. There is a personality, there is somebody that is seeking to destroy you, God's plan in your life, and all of humanity. And the Bible calls him Satan. In the book of Daniel, chapter number 7, we have from the prophetic writings of Daniel an understanding of who Satan is. Now, in this chapter, Daniel is going to begin to say, he said in verse 15, he said, I am troubled and disturbed in my spirit because God began to give him an understanding of who Satan is. And he describes him in chapter 7 as the, the little horn. There is consensus among Bible scholars. This refers to the Antichrist, who is the Antichrist. He is the personification of Satan that will come to this world one day, and he is going to rule this world. And the Bible says that this person, the Antichrist, Satan has already given him his job description. And in Daniel 7, we have Satan's plan for humanity— if you please, Satan's plan for your life. This is the ultimate goal that Satan is playing for. Every Christ follower, you have an enemy, and this is what Satan wants to do against you and against your life. Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 26. Let me start with the good news right now. Can I do that? It's, it's, let's begin with the good news. Verse 26, it says his, that's Satan's power. His power will be taken away and be completely destroyed forever. You need to know, I need to know, that God's going to win and the devil's going to lose. <laughs> Scripture is clear. He is going to, his power will be taken away and he will be completely destroyed. What is that saying? Every vile thing, every vice, every despicable act, every, every injustice, everything that's come against you, everything that's been unfair, everything that Satan has plotted against humanity and against you, here's what God is saying, that Satan's power will be taken away and he will be completely destroyed. I want you to know today you're on the winning side, okay? You're on the winning side. God's going to win this thing, and Satan's going to lose this thing. Stay on the side of God because we're on the winning side. Here just a few days ago, Denise and I had a, had a trip we'd planned for, for a decade. We dreamed, she said, one of these days, I want you to take me to Hawaii this year. We planned it, and we went earlier this month. We spent a few days there. We were flying back. We left uh, Hawaii in the flight, coming back to Los Angeles International Airport. We landed 7 o'clock in the morning. Our flight from Los Angeles to San Antonio was five hours later. We had flown all night. Five hours later, we're catching a flight into San Antonio. So we have five hours in the airport. We arrived. I told Denise, I want coffee. I, I I, I, I like coffee 24-7, but I, I enjoy a cup of coffee. I thought, I just need some coffee. Well, because of this season, many of the vendors in the airports are not open right now. There's very few of them open, so your selection is very limited. 
So I looked up and down the uh, area and the terminal there, and there was one place there. There was a place here, and there's a place over there. And the line on each one is about 35 people deep, but I want coffee. So I, I looked at the Dunkin' Donut line. I said, well, I like Dunkin' Donut coffee, so I'll just get in the Dunkin' Donut line. So I'm in the line at the Dunkin' Donut. I need a cup of coffee. 30, 35 people in front of me. And, and these people are not just getting the donut. I mean, these people ordering all these drinks that you add chocolate to and whip and hold that and add that, you know, and put an enchilada in it and whip it and all. I mean, they're just, they're giving all of this kind of information here. So the line is not going real fast. I just want, all I want is coffee. Just give me one cup of coffee. It's going and it's going slow. Then all of a sudden the line does not move. It does not move. It does not move. It does not move. People are getting antsy. You know, it's not moving. Other customers on each side, you know, when, when it's not going right, they start talking to each other. This lady turns around. They need more help here, don't they? I say, I guess they do if you say so. This person here, well, I don't know what's going on. This is, this lady says it's ridiculous and it's just it's being held up, and people are getting impatient. Finally, at the front of the Dunkin' Donut line, the manager comes out, and she cusps her hands, and she says this, our internet is down. If you're paying my credit card, we can't help you, but if you got cash, we can help you. 35 people left. <laughs> no one had cash. Millennials, let me tell you, carry cash with you. I tell my daughters, I carry cash. I say, Dad, we don't ever need cash. Yes, you do. No, there's no place in the world you need cash anymore. You do when the internet is down. 35 people leave the line. I have cash. So I go up here, and now I'm in the front of the line. I walk up to the counter. Here's a line here, and here's a guy here, and guy. We both have cash, you know. And step up, and the manager is waiting on me. And she said, "Sir, we, we just rebooted this. If let me just try. Do you have a credit card?" I said, "Yeah, you have cash." She said, "Let me just run your credit card, and and if it doesn't work, yours is free." So she zipped it through. Internet still not working. So she says to me, "Yours is free." What do you want? Well, I just wanted coffee, but now it's free. Okay? Now I'm, I'm in a new zone here, okay? I'm in a new zone. I know it's free. I said, I want coffee, and I want that double chocolate donut right there. No, 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 the one bite, the one bite. It's bigger, I believe. I want that donut. She gave me my double chocolate donut. And she gave me my cup of coffee. What I wanted you to know is some of you feel like you've been in the line a long time. And your blessing is not coming. And you think, God, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? I want to tell you, you stay on God's side. Because God's going to step in. And he's going to intervene. And he's going to advance you to the front of the line. And the thing you prayed for, God's going to bring forth. Can I tell you, God's going to win. And the devil's going to lose. You've been in the line of expectation. You've been in the line of prayer. You've been in the line of believing. You've been in the line of being faithful to God. You've walked with him. You've prayed. You're doing it right. 
You're going the way God says, and you're saying, God, when is my blessing coming? In one moment, he can advance you to the front of the line. God's going to win this thing, and the devil's going to lose. Let me put that in your spirit today. Satan has a plan for your life, but God has a plan that's going to overturn his. With that, let's go back to Daniel. One more verse I want to share with you. (coughs) Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in verse number 25, the little horn, the Antichrist, this is what Satan says. Here's my plan for humanity. It's Satan's plan for your life. This is what Satan wants to do. Now, I want, I want military people, you understand, if you could ever know the enemy's plan, then you can move troops and be set there. If you know the enemy's plans, when the communication and the, and the tactics start going forth, when the battle starts happening, when the, when the warfare starts, you're prepared. You won't be caught off guard. If you could just know the enemy's plan, you'll be able to defeat the enemy. And God has given us Satan's plan, and it's in It's in Daniel 7, 25. Let's read it. And as I read it, there's four things the Bible tells us. Satan's plan for your life. And they're separated by three and. There's three ands in this first sentence. Notice it. What is his will for your life? He, speaking to Satan, he will speak against the Most High. And oppress his holy people. And try to change the set times. And the laws. I suggest to you, God has just given us the enemy's battle plan. Let me break it down. Number one, Satan's plan is to de-emphasize God. He wants to de-emphasize God. The Scripture says in verse 25, he will speak against the Most High. The Most High there that refers to God. He's going to speak against the Most High. He's going to de-emphasize God. Today in America, unfortunately, we see this coming about. We see legislation. They want to take Ten Commandments out of the public square. Yes. They want to take the, what they call the wall of church and state and they want to brick it up. And they, 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 they wanted a barricade. They want the church to be, to be subject to the state. They want to remove under God from our pledge. There's an effort in America today to de-emphasize God. We all know it's politically incorrect to speak of God in the workplace. It's probably in the HR policy where you work. There's probably somebody that has said you can't post the name of God or you can't speak. You can't say, God bless you. I'm praying for you. I believe in Jesus, Lord. You can't do that. But you can use the name of God if you use it in a perverse or vulgar statement. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? 
The same company that says, I can't say, God, I thank you. Oh, that's against HR policy. Somebody can go out and begin to use the name of God in vain in a perverse way, and that is excused. Why? Because there is a plan in America today to de-emphasize God. The fastest growing religious group in America today the fastest growing religious group in America today is referred to as the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, nuns. It's when that person is asked the question, what is your religious affiliation, your preference? They put the word none, none. The fastest growing religious group in America are the people that say, I have no interest in God in the church. Sociologists have done a study. How did we get so many Gen Z nuns? How did we get a, a generation to come up that say they, they have no interest in the church and no interest in God? And sociologists tell us they were raised by millennial parents. Hear me, hear me, mom and dad. They were raised by millennial parents that were nominals. What are nominals? Nominals are, are millennial parents that say God has to just fit around our lifestyle. We'll only go to church when we have time. We don't have, if we have beach or anything else to do, if we can just think of anything else to do, we're not going to go to church or have any place with God. But when nothing else is there, oh, we'll go occasionally. It's the, it's the nominals that tell their kids, you tell us when to go to church. Honey, you want to go to church today? No, I don't want to go. Okay, we'll go two, three months from now. The kids are deciding when to go to church. Everything about God is nominal. Nominal. In other words, they sideline God and then they eject him from the game. The nuns were raised by the nominals. And the nominals raised them to say, put God in a convenient place. And they grew up and said, we don't want to have anything to do with God. We don't want to have anything. You see, Satan knows if you can take Jesus out of the driver's seat and put him in the passenger seat, it won't be long you'll have him in the back seat. And then one of these days you'll stop the car and say, Jesus, just get out. I can go my own way. He knows, Satan knows if he can de-emphasize God, that is a plot to getting a foothold in people's lives. Yes. I wonder during COVID if under this cloud, if we have let our spiritual subscription to the Holy Spirit expire. Think about that. Your worship choruses, oh, we used to be on your playlist. Are they not coming up in your playlist because they've got out of the algorithm because you've been doing something else and you've been listening to something else. I'm talking about de-emphasizing God. I call it. Jesus wants to be Lord. 
He doesn't want to be just somebody that we refer to occasionally. He wants to be Savior and Lord of our lives. And there is a satanic scheme and plan today to de-emphasize God. Let me just say to all the men in the house of the Lord today, thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being here. Because godly men are an endangered species. Thank you. Thank you, men, for being here. Number two, Satan's plan for our life. Not only is to de-emphasize God, but to discourage God's people. To discourage God's people. It says in verse 25 that Satan seeks to oppress the holy people. That speaks of you, God's people. Oppress the holy people. Hmm. One version renders it this way, to wear out the saints of the Most High. How descriptive. I talked to so many today, and they're exhausted. And as I say that, wear out the saints of the Most High, there are people here in the room, you resonate with that because you feel your soul is thin today. You're worn down. You're worn down. You feel it. When there's physical and emotionally tired, and we all get there, what do we do? We go to a beach, sit on the beach, let that ocean wave come in and out. That's good for you. Nothing wrong with it. Do it. That's what you need when you're physically or emotionally tired. When you're mentally fatigued, maybe it's a hammock and some music or a book. Nothing wrong with that. You need to recharge mentally. But there is spiritual fatigue. There is spiritual fatigue. I'm going to call it soul fatigue. And some of us today, we're experiencing soul fatigue. You see, Satan wants to keep you in the grind. He wants everything about life to feel like a grind. Yeah. People are sitting around talking about what month they're born in. I'm born this month. I'm born that. Well, what's your birthstone? What's your birthstone? One guy said, mine's the grindstone. That's my birthstone. <laughs> you ever feel like that? Yeah. Yeah. The grindstone, it's just in the grind all the time. Do you know what one of the titles for Satan in the Bible is dragon? Yeah, he's the dragon. Isn't that descriptive? In fact, his name just tells you he wants things to drag on. There it is. He just wants you to, he wants you to just feel like you're never getting there. Just drag on. Just being a single parent and you feel like you're, you, you, you never get ahead of the game. Being faithful on the job, and you feel like you don't ever get the promotion you deserve. Being faithful with your tithe and faithful in the things of God, but you don't feel like you ever get over some of the struggles and the headwinds of life. That he wants things to just drag on in life. That's his name, dragon. Drag on. He wants to keep you in the grind all the time. Feeling like you're never there. You never get relief. Soul fatigue. What is soul fatigue? You feel unmotivated? 
a profound sense of loneliness. You can't talk to anybody. You feel something that you can't really voice. And, and some of the, the glib advice of the coworker doesn't really satisfy. There is a, there's something missing. You, you find yourself getting increasingly more negative and perhaps even hopeless in life. Discouragement. Discouragement. There's mild discouragement. We all have that. Yeah. Yeah. The email didn't come through. The package didn't arrive. What we were going to get done this past week didn't happen. We have to put it off a week, and we had to pull some overtime and do just stuff that happens that a cup of coffee and a glass of tea can just relax you and you can get past it. That's mild discouragement. But Satan wants to push us into disabling discouragement where you shut down. And some of us have shut down. Some of us are saying, I don't feel like I can do it anymore. I'm give out. I keep fighting the same battle, and it seems like I never, I never get ahead. And, and you've, you've, you, you need more than a, a beach, a bed, and a book. You've tried that, and you still feel spiritually fatigued. I want you to know that's what Satan wants because in that moment you'll make decisions that will reset your life and your faith and they won't be good. Don't make decisions when you're at the lowest point of your life. And for those, you're there or someday you may be there. There's one number I want you to remember. Just remember this number. When you hit the low spot in, low spot in life, when you hit the most discouraging moment in life, one number I want you to remember the number three. Just remember the number three. If it happens to be two o'clock in the morning, if it happens to be Friday at five o'clock when you feel like I'm going to quit this job, I'm going to, I, I can't take it anymore. When it's that moment you want to call the divorce lawyer, when it's at that moment you want to throw in the towel, when you are, you're beat down and discouraged, remember one number. Remember the number three. Psalm chapter three, verse number three. Psalm chapter 3 and verse number 3. And it says this, When people tell me that God won't deliver you, I discovered, Lord, you're my shield, you're my glory, and you're the one that lifts my head. When life is down, when you can't go on any longer, when you feel like you're worn out, when you feel like the enemy is oppressing your soul, just remember, God is able to lift you up. God's able to hold you. God's able to sustain you. And God's going to win and the devil's going to lose. Amen. Amen. Number three, number three, his plan is to disturb God's timing. To disturb God's timing. Verse 25 says, he will, Satan, he will try to change the set times. Did you ever notice that in the verse? Oh, yeah. Notice the word times is in the plural. He will try to change the set times. Well, I asked the question rhetorically. What is the set times? 
What is this? What does it mean by the set times? It means the times that God has set. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the wisest of all Solomon said, for everything there is a time. There is a time. You see, God, God puts all things, the Scripture says, in his time, in his keeping. Yes. I want you to know your promotion is on God's calendar. <laughs> Isn't that good to know? Yeah. Yes. God, God has your blessing already booked. Oh, isn't that good news? He's got your blessing already booked. God has an appointment. And the Holy Spirit is the one that sends you prompters. You ever get something on your cell phone to remind you? You know, mind, remind you of a, an appointment 30 minutes or the next day, that little prompt. That's the Holy Spirit. He's reminding you. And God's timing. God has, it, God has something for you. God has overflow for you. God has something for you. And some of us right now, we're, we, we, we're, we're allowing Satan to run the clock out on us. Yes. We're, we're in his time. He wants to disturb God's timing. What am I talking about? Some of us said by this time we would be out of debt. Some of us really believe by this time we would have that next promotion under our belt. We said by this time we would have launched our business. By this time we would be here. By this time I would have finished school. By this time I would be here. God has a time for you. And let me just say to every married couple, the moment you stand and you say, until death do we part, your marriage just went on the target of Satan. He said, till death do you part. You said that before God and before witnesses, and he is going to try to destroy that, and he wants you to throw the towel in on that right now because that's in God's set time. And Satan seeks to disturb God's set time. Every one of us, we, we have one of these devices, smartphones. They're pretty smart, aren't they, huh? <laughs> nah, they're smarter than I am. <coughs> you know that, that device, when it comes to daylight savings time, I don't get up in the morning and set it. I go to bed and we're on one time and I wake up the next morning, daylight savings time, it's already made the adjustment. Why? There is something programmed in it. When the set time comes, it just changes, it advances. It's there. Can I encourage every Christ follower? When you pray this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. <laughs> when you pray that prayer, you move yourself to God's set time. So when you pray that prayer, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. When you say that, you take yourself out of the time the devil has disturbed, and you say, God, I'm going to live in your set time. And God has set the time, and he said, guess what? Nothing can dislodge that. The enemy tries to foil and tries to bring resistance and try to be a setback. You stand firm in God's set time. And some of us need to begin to declare it. It's my time. It's my time. And that resonates with somebody in this room. You've been saying for some time, it's my time. 
It's my time to get that promotion. It's my time to be healed from that divorce. I didn't choose it. It was done to me. And I've, I've carried the ache and the remorse and the pain, and it's your time. I declare to you, come into God's set time. Don't let the enemy keep you under his heel. Come into God's set time. And then fourth and last, Satan seeks to devalue God's standards. To devalue God's standards. That last phrase in that first sentence, that Satan will seek to change the times and the laws. Did you notice that? And the laws. He wants to devalue God's standards. In America today, I'm grieved at the laws that are kicked up to the Supreme Court and decisions that are made. It seems some of the most bizarre, ridiculous, crazy, unspiritual things have become commonplace in our culture. And it concerns me that Americans say, it's all right. Redefining marriage, gender identity, things that get kicked up and they say, it's law. He's changing the laws. We see that. We see that Satan has got a foothold in so many areas. And he's devaluing God's standards. He's telling believers you don't have to follow this book. Yeah. Where it's common, so many in our society today, well, you don't have to be married. Just live together. Cohabitate. God understands that. Who told you that? God's, God's not going to go along with that. That may be legal, but it's not righteous. And God will not devour. I didn't expect to get many amens on that, but I'll say it anyway, okay? God's standard is fixed. And if God's word says it, if God's word says it, do it. He has not reduced his standard. He has not changed his standard since the 21st century. He's not changed it since the invention of Google. He has not changed it since the introduction of the internet, God's standard is true. I prayed with somebody in the altar here recently, never done this before, never done this before. But I was praying with a man, and he was struggling in an area, and his heart was sincere, and he was drawn between this side and that side, and in fact, I don't know what to do. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Put your Bible on the ground between me and him. And I said, sir, if you want to do it God's way, God will do something in your life. But I'm going to ask you to step across that Bible. And if you step across that Bible, you're saying I'm doing it God's way and you're never going to go back. And whatever God's word says, whatever God's word teaches, you will live by that. I'm here to tell you, he stepped over it. Change the laws. Change the laws. Oh, God wants to do something. Just a moment, we're going to have worship.
We're going to call people forward for breakthrough. Mm. Holy Spirit, do something. Do something in this house. Recently, my wife Denise and I, we went to a banquet. We've done this many times as uh, pastors. We've gone to celebration moments and banquets and different things that we do. Uh, I've got a flight to, to Florida this afternoon. I'm in a board meeting all day tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we're going to go to a banquet, an Assemblies of God banquet, uh, an affair that we're a part of. It's a big celebration in the Assemblies of God. And we've done this many times. This particular banquet, we are SVP too. We're going to go. Now, now, I know the drill. I know the drill that we're going to go through. Poor Denise, she's had to do this, endure this all our marriage life because our, our last name is Ryan, but it's spelled R-I-O-N. It has an unconventional spelling. And this has happened so many. I, we, we just do it. We give our name and spell it right then, okay, just because we understand people's typical, typical understanding of how you spell Ryan. So we walked up to the banquet and Denise is with me. I said, uh, we're here for the banquets, Jim and Denise Ryan, R-I-O-N. And she begins to turn papers and she's looking for her name and going down. And I'm peeking over. I, I already know where she's doing. She's going there, R-Y-A-N, Jim, no, let's see, no. You sure, you sure, did you, did you R-S-V-P, I-R-S-V-P, Ryan, R-I-O-N. Oh, I'm looking here and I, 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 don't, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see Ryan. Okay, she's looking R-Y-A-N. And, and Denise is getting hungry, okay, I, I'll tell you. And that woman, she can get angry. Hang, hangry, hangry, is that the word, hangry? Is that the Greek word, hangry? The hangry, yeah. I mean, she's a ninja and bodies will start flying in a moment. And woman, you're for your own bodily safety, you ought to let us in. Denise needs her pork chop and you better not stand in her way. She wants her pork chop, okay. And I'm, I'm the R-I-O-N, R-I, no, it's not here, it's R-I-O-N, O-R-Y-O-N. No, not R-Y-O-N, R, I just keep, I've done this all my, R-I-O-N. I just keep, and she said, there it is, R-I-O-N, come right on in. You're at the door. Your blessing has not come through. When you feel like your turn, your chance is past. When you feel like it's not working for you, there's one name. There's one name. Just keep saying it over and over again. Jan, you sing about it a while ago. His name is Jesus. And when you're at that moment, nothing's working. Just keep saying over and over, Jesus! Jesus! In the name of Jesus! Satan, you're not going to get my kids in the name of Jesus! Satan, you're not going to rob from me anymore in the name of Jesus! One name, demons flee. One name, the powers of hell are broken. One name changes everything, and that's Jesus. Would you stand together with me? Balcony and main floor.
The worship team's going to come, and I'm going to ask the prayer team to come right now. And some of us need a breakthrough. Some of us realize that without recognizing it unintentionally, we've allowed Satan to change the times in our life. And he's discouraged. He's worn out the saints of the Most High. And you need a breakthrough. And if that's you, if that's you, this moment is for you. If that's you, I just want you to come forward and declare, I need my breakthrough today. I need my breakthrough. You just come. Somebody's going to pray for you. I need my breakthrough today. Feel like I've just been living in the grind, Pastor. I'm worn, I'm weary, I'm weary, and I need my breakthrough. You come, you come. Balcony stairs will take you right down here if you'd like to come as well. Need my breakthrough, need my breakthrough. Yes, God, you come, you come. Oh, God. And the rest of us, I'm going to invite you into God's presence. I want you to begin to worship. Would you join me? God, in this house right now, Holy Spirit, invade this house right now. Holy Spirit, invade this house right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We need you, Lord. We need you, God. We need you. Lord, we need you. We need a touch from you. Let's worship together.